Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What the fuck is up? That was aggressive. I'm sorry. It was. The sky. The ceiling. Um, Not my IQ. I feel like my brain's fried. I feel the same way. Mots and I were talking yesterday. Well, actually, welcome to the podcast. This is But Am I Wrong, starring two people who have never been wrong. My name is Megan. And my name's Melissa. And we are better than everyone. (laughs) And on this podcast, we are going to share our hot takes. We are going to share things that have happened in our lives. And we will put that up to all of you. Were we wrong in these situations? Then we're going to read email submissions from you where you let us know what's going on in your life. And we decide if you're the hero or the villain. And then on to everybody's favorite part, the Rachel of the week, a.k.a. But are they wrong? Where we nominate the absolute quote of the week and uh Mm -hmm. we just have free reign for some ethical shit talking can't wait i thought you were gonna say camp and i was like it is kind of camp (laughs) (laughs) everything that's good is camp (laughs) looking camp straight in the eye how are you doing i am okay i have just felt like i didn't realize it was like june like where the fuck has the time gone and so I am just like months behind on everything. Like I was thinking about the last time I got my hair done and like Botox and like Sydney's wedding is this month. And I just ordered (laughs) dresses. Her wedding is in like less than two weeks, like 10 days. I ordered dresses today and she, Mm -hmm. they're Moroccan Jewish on her dad's side. So she's doing a henna, which is like the night before. And it's like really cool outfits (laughs) and jewelry. And like, you're supposed to wear like caftans and stuff. And I was like, well, fuck, like what I like uh, you look on Amazon and it's like a beach cover up. <laughs> yeah, this has just reminded me that my cousins are getting they're already married. They got married a couple years ago, but they're having a actual wedding and she's Indian. So there's also henna. And I also have to get an outfit for that as well. Similar to what you have. When's so, yours? <laughs> it's not till July, but I, it's still a little over a month away. So what my current solution is, and we will see how it goes and how it works Mm -hmm. out and if I need to get more. But right now, what my plan is, is I hate buying things that I can't wear again. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just like not my vibe. And, you know, if only I still had my Kotok Indian dance costumes from the time that, you know, Marin (laughs) County my like a bunch of white kids just like wore bindis and just saying like literal prayers and chants and like just the cultural appropriation of it all also being taught by another white woman who like probably just took ayahuasca and was like I am enlightened now yeah so if only I still had that then I could be like perfect well also I feel like you're a little taller okay here's the thing yes a little slimmer as well 
That's the key. I guess you're right. That was like fifth grade. So that was right before I shot up and I was a little bigger at that point. But so I've just been ordering accessories. So I like Mm. ordered this like thing that's kind of like a shoulder piece that also is like a necklace sort of thing. And I'm going to try that on like just a plain dress that has like a a silhouette that I think will work. And then I got like a gold uh, body chain and like all of this other Mm. stuff. So I'm thinking that maybe that will work. So... If it does and it's cute, you can totally borrow it. Okay. Assuming I don't go ham at the henna and just like rip it off like a Hulk style. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Then I was thinking about, oh, I don't need to get my hair done before. Like I was just timing wise. I'm so off because I'm realizing that my jaw has been really hurting. And as most people probably know, I get Botox in my jaw for like TMJ pain. And I was realizing, I'm like, I did my hair and I did all that in January. It's June. Like, what do you mean, Megan? Half a year almost. Yes. Like my hair, my color desperately needs some help. Like I need a trim, like all of these different things. But I was just the house buying and moving process (laughs) has just been this time suck that both like Mats forgot to get his suit. Like both. I had to pay $25 for expedited shipping for dresses to come in because I'm like, oh my God, what the hell am I going to do? So that's been the last couple days for me. And we've just been doing stuff around the house and I still haven't like fully unpacked at all. Like, <laughs> again, it's going to be, I, you know, there's still stuff in my living yeah. room that's just sitting, or kitchen that's just sitting there unpacked. It's all, it's actually stuff that just needs to be dropped off at a place for drop-offs that I can't my brain is glitching so I can't think of it right now donations yes but also I have a very small I have a very small car so it's kind (laughs) of hard for me to do that yeah it's just a lot and we tried to build an AC unit into the wall of this room because this room has like the most windows it gets like fantastic light but it gets so fucking hot and so while We are getting like curtains and stuff, which I have one on one, like the glass door. We were building a wall AC unit and Mats had his moment where he was like, I'm not handy. And I was like, (laughs) no, you're not. And he like thought that because he was born with like a penis, it was like an innate thing that would happen. And I was like, no, dude, you like have to learn and you have to practice. And he's like, well, how are you like better at like this kind of stuff? I'm like, well, I think stereotypically women and femme presenting people teach themselves more things because they don't Mm -hmm. feel safe to ask for help or have like a task rabbit come over if they live alone, like all of these different things. Yeah. Like that's just like, as opposed to like men who think that like, oh, by the time that I turn a certain age, I will just know how to do these things. And I was like, no. Anytime I think about mods with a hammer, all I think about is when we were recording this podcast in the early days, and a framed piece of art fell on your head. Yep. That's where I put him. So I actually don't want... When I saw you posted a picture of y'all at Lowe's, and when I saw him looking at things, I got concerned. Yeah. And you have fully every right to be. But the great thing is now is we've complete... Not we. He's like his ego with this has been completely broken down. So there is no pride. He's looking up YouTube tutorials. He's like researching all of this. And then he had like a work emergency where a toilet over flooded and like a pipe bur- something happened with one of these pipes and like all of this stuff. And he literally was like, ro- like rose up from his seat. He's like, I know what to do. It was like calling all of the <laughs> shots. And he was just like talking about like, he's 
like, yeah, nobody knew what to do. And I knew how to do this, this and this. And I was like, let's not get too cocky. Because remember, when we were trying, when we were having an issue installing our washer and dryer, and they turned off the water line, you went pee and then flushed the toilet. After repeatedly, the repairman told us not to do that. So like, let's not get too cocky. And he was like, yep, you're right, you're right, you're right. So yeah, I'm nervous. And there's a lot of conversations and teamwork when it comes to handy projects around the house because this is not a jerry i keep telling him i was like this is not a jerry rigging situation mm-hmm. like we're not gonna just jerry rig shit this is your home home yeah it's slowly but surely coming together but that's been my week that's and good. slash weekend and what's up with you so i have been working on a pitch for a project that I'm very, 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 very excited about that I have been working on for probably a year at this point, but it has a vast world. And so it's a long process. Don't discredit. I think you've actively been working on this iteration of this project, but this has been a marathon you've been training for. Yes. For yeah. much longer. For my for my life. Your whole life. Let's be real. Okay. Yeah. And so I had a whole Bible for the show because there's a ton of characters. I had to pare it down for an actual pitch. And so that has been a journey that I didn't know would take as long as it would. And also I was realizing things while I was doing it that I was like, oh, I need to change this and make this tighter and blah, blah, blah. So something that I thought was going to take a couple of days has taken me till today. And yes, it was technically due yesterday. And so I stayed up all Sunday and Monday with one hour of sleep in between to work on it. And I still did not finish. I did not finish till this morning. We actually pushed this podcast a little later so I could finish. And then even when I got, I had to take a shower because I have not showered in days because I've been so focused on this. I got in the shower and then thought of one more thing. So now I'm calling it. I'm done. (laughs) And so now I just have to wait on notes. But my voice sounds a little bit deeper. That's because I haven't got any sleep. Well, y'all can't see it on this podcast, but on Don't Blame Me, you'll see it. My eyes twitching ever so slightly. So I'm going through it, but I feel so good about this and so happy. And I cannot wait for the networks to put their eyes on it and be like, this is what we've been waiting for. Or them being so idiotic that they pass up on this opportunity. I mean, I was going to say, like, they really would have to be idiots. But as we've seen, that is... That's how this business works. <laughs> yeah, there's only genius decisions and terrible mm-hmm. ones. Yep. Like, there's mm-hmm. just no in-between. Mm-hmm. But hey, Abbott Kinney was reviewed... Ab- Why do I keep saying Abbott Kinney? Abbott Elementary. I always want to say Abbott Kinney, too, but... <laughs> If anybody doesn't know that, <laughs> it's like Venice, California, Abikini's a street. Yeah, it's a, a very famous street. But between that and just the constant, constant praise of Shonda Rhimes, like there mm-hmm. are some bright spots where I'm like, some of these people, they've got the brain cells. And mm-hmm. I, have, I have incredibly high hopes because it's genius. Thank you. Everybody that I've shared it with, they they're like, oh yes, I want to watch this, which that's when everyone that you tell does that, that's really a good, a good thing. So we'll see. Well, especially because so many things now are reboots, reiterations, or just storylines or 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 just television shows or stories that you're like, 
haven't I seen that before? Like that sounds already familiar Mm -hmm. and you can come up with like all these other things that it's like and in a way that is kind of like, you don't need that other thing. But when you can think of Mm -hmm. something that you're like, oh, this reminds me of like this and this, like, wow, okay, what? Like it makes you excited to watch it. So yeah, fuck yes. Well, I can't wait for you to sleep. (laughs) I can't either. I'm After I vote today, I'm crashing so hard. So hard. You're going to sleep well. Yeah. Blackout curtains and then just do not disturb on every device for like mm-hmm. two days. Straight. I mean, that stays on all the time That's... anyway. But I think I have it so set so you can get through. But I see it though. It says, like, yeah, yeah, what but it, it but it sets so like I actually get your when you send me something, I still get your notifications. Other mm. people, it's not like that. I feel special. Yeah, it says Melissa has notifications yeah. silenced. Oh, yeah. And then I can opt in to notify you anyway. But I don't ever yeah. really do that unless. All right. But it's already you're already opted in. I feel so special. Well, that's what we've been up to. Hope all of you who are listening have been doing good. I hope people voted in their local elections. Someone did ask me what I thought about Gwyneth Paltrow endorsing Rick Caruso. And if you haven't heard the last episode of But Am I Wrong, that was part of my rant. So since we didn't record for two weeks we don't have any updates yet but we shall you guys are a week behind us in what we record and what goes out so yeah we cut out the whole uh five minute explanation of melissa having to explain that to me because no matter what timelines will always confuse me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but let's get into the but am i wrong segment where we each nominate things that have happened in our lives or our own personal hot takes. And then we will tell each other if we think that we are wrong. And then the best part of the entire podcast, what we think, is you all can go vote. So if you head on over to our Instagram stories, these episodes come out on Thursday. We try to have those up by Friday. We want to give you like a day, but they will be up before Monday. You can vote on who you think was wrong in each situation. Uh, We ask that you watch all the stories first before you vote. Go to the highlights to vote. It's just easier because sometimes like the stories don't show them all as like the current story. So read them all before and you can like just see how the format is before you vote. And if you vote incorrectly, you can message us and let us know. And if you are voting with the minority opinion, we'd love and like that's what you side with. We'd love to know like why as an explanation, just because it's interesting and we can share that later on. And I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So my, but am I wrong, is a, I'm not even going to call it a hot take. I'm going to call it, um, <laughs> I'm going to call fact. it a lukewarm take. And this is like so okay. ridiculous, but this is a subject that I am like incredibly passionate about. I, I don't have all the answers. And, but I just think that we, similar to how you need, we're like, we need to talk about big milk. I think we need to talk about printers. <laughs> I think we (laughs) need to talk about whatever fucking conspiracy theory is behind printers and the fact that we as a society have given up on advancing printing technology. We can 3D -hmm. print now, but you know what you can't ever fucking print? Just a piece of goddamn fucking paper. You can't print just just a resume, audition size, just like a, a, a shipping label, anything. We have the fucking printers that you can print stickers. You can, you can print 3D shit. You can print anything mm-hmm. except for the thing that printers were originally designed for. And we still make printers, yet they've never gotten any better. And we as a society have just accepted that they all suck and that they will all break. And there is no remedy and there is no reason behind it. And ink is incredibly expensive. And then half the time the ink 
won't even sync up with the computer, like the printer, even though that that's what you're supposed to do. And if you look on Amazon, Staples, anything, nobody has anything good to say about printers. And I think that there has to be a conspiracy theory here. And I'm not one for conspiracy theories, but I don't think this one could end up being anti-Semitic because that's what most conspiracy theories lead to. But what's happening? I think, and don't quote me, but it's because they're made so easily and cheaply. I don't even know if that's where it's so cheap. That, cheaply? Yeah, it's like, I knew this at some point or read it somewhere that they don't really care about making them better. Because ink costs more than it does to even like make printers. And so they just expect people to just buy a new printer that comes with ink. I hate it so much. And here's the thing, like if we could give up on printers totally, like I'm fine. Okay, sure. Like if that wants to be like, if it wants to be like about a waste, like printers are so much fucking plastic. They're not like exorbitantly expensive, but like we've advanced so far into like the digital age that we are doing things on iPads. We're like reading books like digitally, like, but it's not like paper is dying and I don't think it like should die, but it's not like they've given up and they're like, oh, we're not, it's like checks. Who the fuck writes Mm -hmm. a check anymore? Like checks have kind of become like obsolete and like you have to go out of your way to like find them, but printers have not become obsolete. They're still fucking making them. Yeah, I mean, you still need them. And you still need them. They're just bad. Yeah, they're just bad. I just Googled why printers suck and got some answers, but this is hot take time and we're not here for facts. So keep going. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm not (laughs) here for the, like, I know that there's a bigger conspiracy theory here and I don't know who owns Staples, but I think Mr. Staple is behind this because like, first of all, every other office supply store gone. Where are they? Yeah. Nowhere. No, they got bought by Staples. Exactly. (laughs) Staples bought up every fucking local mom and pop office supply store. Remember when there used to be a Staples and home office? Is that what it was called? Home office. Office Depot. Office Depot. They used to be everywhere across the street from each other. For what reason? For what? Then they were, they combined and were under like one name that was kind of like Staples Office Depot. And now they're just all Staples. And... Like the staples that we go to or we used to go to by our our place, like, first of all, the hours, it was never open. But then when it was open one night, extremely late and they let us in, they were filming a staples commercials in the middle of the staples. (laughs) And like everything was in these like black boxes. We had to like check out in the back. All the staples workers are like, yeah, hi. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what? Like, and you had to sign releases to shop in the store. And it was like, and you you know why? Did you tell them that you are SAG-AFTRA and you need to be compensated? I know, I was like, excuse me, you're gonna have to talk to my agents about this. But, and you know why I went to the Staples for that reason? Because I needed to print sides for a fucking audition and our printer didn't work. And so here mm-hmm. I was. So Staples has basically like, now that's kind of the only place you can go aside from a library, which... You can also go to, what are your thoughts on Kinko's? Well, I was going to say, Staples has taken over like every single spot. So you have to then drive so much farther to get to anything that also does print things. So Staples makes printers that don't work. And so then you Mm -hmm. can't fucking print with them. And then they get rid of all of the places that cheaply will print things for you. And so then you have to go to a fucking Staples and then get your shit printed there. And it costs so much more money. Yeah. I brought up Kinko's only because Kinko's doesn't exist anymore. It's FedEx office. But people still say Kinko's, and I just think it's funny. 
is I think I've heard Kinko's in like a like a TV show. Like yeah, reference. you would have heard it in the very nineties, very nineties. Okay. But I mean, they still FedEx office still exist, and people still call it Kinkos that are like over thirty. And I think it's hilarious because I'm like, they haven't existed <laughs> for like twenty years. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So my hot take is there is something nefarious going on with the printer industry, and mm-hmm. we need to stop. We need to all stop being sheep. And blindly just <laughs> adhering to the absolute lunaticy that is that is occurring. And we can't accept this for what it is. Like, there is something bigger here. And I need Michael Moore to make a new documentary on the printer <laughs> industry. And I, and I feel so fucking passionately about this. And I just, and again, I cannot stress enough how much I do not want printers to become obsolete. Like, I don't want to make the full switch to digital. I love digital things. But when it comes to, like, auditions and sides, like, I need to have them Mm -hmm. printed out. I need to be able to highlight, like, anyone who has ADHD or any sort of, like, dyslexia or any sort of, like, learning, things that can uh, impact how you, like, learn and retain information. Like, you'll understand. Like, there's a lot of people who need things printed out. And I think we are accepting incredibly poor treatment um, from big staple and I <laughs> big staple and I'm I I call for a revolution no more okay so. no more jammed printers no, no more, more expensive ink no more misconnections disconnections print 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 yeah like until I can get a 3d printer that can fucking print a piece of paper like <laughs> fuck off and everybody's like they're gonna 3d print guns now and I'm like why can't you could 3d print a whole fucking gun but we can't print a goddamn piece of paper okay okay there's yep. something going on mm-hmm. something going on okay well that's my um lukewarm take <laughs> I also have a lukewarm take actually it's a pretty hot take to me, because I feel very passionately about this. So you know how much I love a nice frozen dairy treat, a.k.a. ice cream, but it hates me. Mm-hmm. It's again back to my my dairy thing. But <laughs> when you get ice cream, you know, you go to an ice cream shop, they're going to give you all the good toppings like chocolate syrup, strawberry syrup, ooh, nuts. I love nuts. And then something that children love, I believe, because it's so colorful, sprinkles. Or jimmies. What the heck is a jimmy? That's <laughs> what they call them in other parts of the country. <laughs> I've never heard that before, and I've lived all over this country. <laughs> yeah, sprinkles or jimmies. They're the same thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. I'll believe you. Uh, sprinkles. I believe that sprinkles add nothing to ice cream except for colorfulness. First of all, when you lick them, all they taste like is wax. And I've always said that sprinkles were wax. Kidding, but they actually are. (laughs) So sprinkles are made from corn syrup, sugar, cornstarch, wax, artificial coloring, and artificial flavors. But the thing is, you don't taste the sugar or the artificial flavorings because it's covered in wax, so you can't even taste it. What's the artificial flavoring? Like, what it, like, who knows? Is, because you can't taste it because yeah. the wax is there. <laughs> and so, all sprinkles do is create a barrier between 
getting to the actual thing that you want to eat. So you go to these fancy places that put sprinkles all around the ice cream. You can't even just sit there and lick the cone. You have to bite into it and then lick around it and swallow the the freaking wax. So why? Why do we have sprinkles? For what? They add no flavor. There's so much sugar in them, but you can't even taste it because they're covered in fucking wax. So stop. Go away, sprinkles. And that's my take. I don't disagree with you at all. I will offer a solution. One, homemade sprinkles, so much better. This is like, sprinkles are the definition of something that like the reason why they taste so bad, like mass produced is because like they have an exorbitantly long shelf life when like don't because like wax is a prevalent taste and also like it's a coating, it's a texture, like you can feel it in your mouth. Like it will Mm -hmm. overwhelm anything. You can make homemade sprinkles and you can like color them with like pulsed. So like it's like powdered freeze-dried strawberries or raspberries and like all that stuff. And like, that could be like delicious and you can actually taste them. If it's actual a thing, then cool. It's adding something. But like, even if it's like a freeze-dried that you're breaking up, I don't consider that a sprinkle. I just think that that's a topping. But it's no, but it's in, it becomes in a sprinkle. Like it, it, it becomes like you make your homemade, homemade, but I would love to know. Michael Moore needs to make a second documentary about sprinkles (laughs) because I think we took sprinkles from not to give my people all of the credit, but in the Netherlands and then also in Australia. I don't know where it came from, but like, let's be colonization. Let's just say that those are two places where I know and like I've been to the Netherlands for these. When I tell you that like they sold these sprinkles in a box at the grocery store and the whole thing was like you put them on toast in the morning. You would have toast and you put butter and you put these Mm. sprinkles on there. And I saw people just like in the streets eating this at like cafes. And I was like, blown away, 10 years old, nine years old. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, um, I love this. I bought some. And when I put them on, they're like, they're, they look like sprinkles. They're just like, they just look like fancy sprinkles. Like they look like they're a little bit longer. But it's just like broke up freeze dried fruit, right? No, no. But this one, it's, they look exactly like chocolate sprinkles. They just don't look as waxy. Like they don't have that kind of like, you know, sprinkles can get that like white powder on the outside. Literally, you take a bite of them and they taste like what a chocolate sprinkle you always thought was supposed to taste like. Okay. They still have the sprinkle texture and consistency, but they don't have the waxy aspect of it. Like they still add that crunch, but then they're in your mouth for longer and they start to kind of melt in your mouth. But then there's actual chocolate flavoring. And I know on in Australia, they call them fairy bread. But I just think that like this is a perfect example of there's no way that America did this first, but we took something from someone else and we made it bad. And now we're asking people to pay for little pieces of essentially plastic that it tastes like all over your fucking ice cream. I think American sprinkles ruin everything. I would like to amend what I just said. Down with American sprinkles, whatever these little tasty bits. Great. But American sprinkles are trash. Yep. Fairy bread is the Australian one. And I still hold, you know, pause to these other sprinkles because I haven't actually tasted them. But when, if I ever have them, I'll let you know for me if they're good. But wax sprinkles die. They're not even going to get into those little, what's those little things that I think they start with the P that you can also put on cakes that are really hard. So I just found an article from Epicurious called Dutch hey, Sprinkles. said we're not doing facts. No, it's not a fact. It's not a fact. Actually, it is a fact. It just says Dutch chocolate sprinkles are better. And that's what the headline is. And it's 
they're they're better. So sorry, Australia and New Zealand. I can't vouch for fairy bread if it is different, but I would assume that ours is so clearly American and it's so terrible that I can't imagine other countries and Australia and New Zealand would also have like a <laughs> a pretty common dish that would taste so bad. So I, I would like to attribute most of that to America, but I can only vouch for the Dutch ones and they're delicious. We'll have to order you some on Amazon. Change your life. Okay. We will give an update once Melissa tries them. <laughs> okay. Now we're going to read your submissions for the But Am I Wrong segment. And if you want to send us a little message, email us at butamirongpod at gmail.com. Keep it under 300 words. We ask that you give us, if you're going to do pseudonyms for people, use actual fake names, not numbers or letters. And let us know the ages of everybody because that usually helps. And if you would like to let us know your pronouns or the other people's pronouns in it, go for it. Shall we begin? We shall. Am I wrong for not wanting to babysit my dad's boss's kids? I, 23, she, her, just graduated college and finally have time to myself before I start my job in a week. My dad, 42, he, him. I'm just going to say I, I do love when we give ages and then like, it happens to be like, this is how old my dad is. Like, I just, I, I love it when it's like not pertaining to the actual question. So I just get a, I get an image. My dad, 42, he, him called me to tell me that his boss's kid's caretaker was unable to care for the kids this week. Before asking me if it was okay, my dad went ahead and volunteered me to babysit for his boss's kids. He validated this to his boss by telling him that I have quote unquote, more free time now that I'm graduated from college. Keep in mind, the family lives about an hour away from me and the mom of the kids does not work. I have babysat the two kids before, girl, nine, boy, 11, but it's only been on a Saturday night for a few hours. They are a very well-off family and have paid me well the previous times I have watched their kids, but am I wrong for not wanting to watch the kids for these reasons? Number one, I know the mom is a stay-at-home mom and could watch her own kids, yet they pay for a weekly caretaker. Number two, it's an hour away. Number three, I only have a week to myself before I start my job, so I want this little time to myself. I also have severe shame plus guilt trauma from my dad as a child as I was a ma major people pleaser, especially towards him. If this was a court of law, I think you are wrong on one count, and I don't think you are wrong on two other counts. Okay. I mean, as a whole, I don't think you're wrong for not wanting to babysit your dad's boss's kids. Like, I think that, like, that's your choice to make, like, not his. Mm -hmm. So as an overarching thing, like, that's not wrong at all, regardless of how good the pay is or whatever. Even if the kids are so sweet and so nice, like, if you don't want to do it, like, you, like you're not wrong for not wanting to do it. The three examples you gave of, like, you only have a little time to yourself this week. So, like, yeah, time to yourself, not wrong. It's an hour away. Yes, yeah, also inconvenient on top of, like, just not wanting to do it. You are wrong for saying that the mom is a stay-at-home mom so she can watch her own kids because we give stay-at-home moms so much shit without being like stay-at-home moms. And like, I hate this concept that a stay-at-home mom, like that in itself is like the, oh, you are a full-time caretaker yourself for your kids. When in reality, like how much it takes, like time and effort and energy it takes to like run a household is a full-time job. To cook is a full-time job. To be parent and childcare is also like a full-time job. And so like the assumption that people who don't work, that they have all the time in the world to like watch their kids and like they shouldn't have outside help is just like really presumptuous about A, what it takes to be 
like what it means. And also like you don't know an individual situation. Like there could be like a family emergency or like needs to drive a friend to like a, a doc- like doctor's appointments or is like sick or is just having a really bad mental health time or is like needs help taking care of the kids because two kids are a lot and you can't be in two places at once with like driving them to different places and all of that. Like I, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with being a not working as a mom and also having help, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think this is pretty straightforward. You know, your dad should have never volunteered you to do this. This was your call to make. Someone that I know did this recently to a child that they're related to and didn't run it by their parent for them to babysit in this case you're an adult your dad shouldn't be making decisions for you this is your time and yeah he should have asked you first if you wanted to which you clearly don't they can find another babysitter i would still say no yeah i mean i'm sure it's passed by now at this point but you always have the right to say no in a situation so I would tell your dad, you know, guess what? I'm not doing this. But yeah, you are wrong in saying in one of your reasoning, because regardless of if she stays at home at not or not, they need a babysitter for some reason. Yeah. Regardless. So who and, you know, just because she doesn't work outside the home doesn't mean that she doesn't work in the home and she needs a break. And this person that usually helps them is not unavailable so yeah you're wrong on that part but right for everything else yeah and I think that like you know only you can know your dad's intentions but if they pay you like really well like in really good money like there is a chance that like he was wanted to jump at the chance because it would be like oh she could make a fuck ton of money doing this and just like wrongly assumed that was a call that you would have like wanted and to me, just like screams kind of like a dad thing where it's like, oh, my gosh, yeah. do you not know how long it would how much how different it is to be with a kids for like ten, like eight to ten hours a day, like every day for a week, as opposed to like a couple hours at night. Like you're in charge of all of the meals, like you're in charge of like driving like all of this stuff that it's like such a bigger ask. But I would say like, you know, your relationship with your dad. So if it was kind of like a moochie situation versus just like pure ignorance of like what it takes to like actually like raise and take care of kids and some people forget how like hard or how much effort that is but I also think that a lot of that usually falls on moms so yeah yeah but I also think he was probably trying to make nice in front of his boss oh as yeah well. well anyways uh this jury says you are not guilty on two counts guilty on one count but overall not guilty mm-hmm. I'm a 22 female My friend, Cam, 18 female, came to visit me with a mutual friend. This was supposed to be a girl's trip. These girls are like my little sisters. Cam asked if she could bring her boyfriend, Frank, with them. I said no because it made me uncomfortable. Frank, 28 male, is Cam's first cousin. Cam Cam said Frank couldn't come, but Frank was the first person out of the car when they arrived. While at my house, Frank commented about wanting to get Cam pregnant ASAP and that she should run away with him. He also tried to keep her under the influence the entire time. On their last day, Cam's parents called because they were sent a picture 
Frank posted with Cam that said, we're getting married tomorrow. They informed me that Frank has been grooming Cam since she was 12 and he is a doctor. <gasps> Sexual assault trigger warning here. He also raped her at 14, which is why he wanted to get married. Her parents cannot charge him because Cam threatens to run away with him. Her parents put the responsibility of stopping the marriage on me, which somehow I did. After they left, I've worked with Cam's family to keep her busy so they don't have another chance to do something crazy before she leaves to work overseas for six months. After she leaves, her parents are going to press charges and work to revoke his MD. Am I wrong for being upset for everyone and for wanting to say something to Cam? For reference... The state I'm in is 800 miles from Cam, and it's legal to marry your first cousin here, which is why she came to see me. The mutual friend didn't know he was coming. Thank you in advance. This is an all over fucked up situation. You're not wrong at all. But they're asking if they're wrong for wanting to tell Cam. That's what I'm like. Her parents put the responsibility, blah, blah, blah. After they left, I've worked with Cam Stanley to help keep her busy so she doesn't have another chance to do something crazy before she leaves for six months. After she leaves, her parents are going to press charges and work to revoke his MD. Am I wrong for being upset with everyone and for wanting to say something to Cam? I mean, depends on what the fuck you want to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking she wanted to say something like you shouldn't be. Oh, oh, oh. My thought process was she wanted to say something to Cam like, you shouldn't be in this situation. This is what he's doing to you. That's what I okay. deciphered it as. How did you decipher it? I deciphered as um, giving Cam a heads up that this is what her parents' plan oh, is. Yeah. No, no, no. I see. And it might be. I don't know. No, but Going I like with, yours better. Yeah. <laughs> but no, as far as, you know, everyone putting this on you. I'm guessing, I'm just inferring that they've probably tried to do other things, but have run out of ways to do so. And so they're kind of like at their wit's end and they're putting it on you since you're kind of quote unquote, like her big sister. Um, but this is, this whole thing is so fucked up. I don't know where to even, I guess, start that they're cousins, one. Two, he's 28. He's assaulted her mm -hmm. and then took her over state lines because he was trying to marry her, his first cousin. And she's, I guess, probably if this is the instance, freshly 18. Yeah. And he's been grooming her for years. And he's a doctor. This is just disgusting. And he's a doctor. This is just disgusting and disturbing. And. I'm so sorry that you're in this situation. Please write back and let us know like what you're planning on telling her or want to tell her. So I'm not I'm going to reserve rights of saying, you know, if you're depending on what you say, if you're wrong in that situation. But you're not wrong for being upset that they put this all on you at all. No, I mean, I've been in situations where people are like, you have to tell blah, blah, blah this because you're the only one that listens to them when it has nothing to do with me. It's never been anything this extreme, but it has nothing to do with me. And, and, I, and it angers me so much and frustrates me. And so I can't even 
something that's this messed up, I can't even imagine it. Yeah, it's a lot. It's way too much responsibility to put on you because there is like a way to go about something like that, where I think like I think you could really like get through to her. Like if you're comfortable, like I think there's a way to like discuss that because I don't think that that's necessarily like false. Like I think our peers and people we look up to closer in age can have far more of like an impact and influence on on us than like parents. But there's a way to go about that. And this seems like an unnecessary amount of pressure. I'm going to say that I don't think you're wrong in being upset about the situation at all, because like I don't like I think it's incredibly inappropriate and like horrific and awful. But I think regardless of what you want to say to her, you would be wrong because this is like a really delicate situation in the sense that like if there is a plan in place that her parents have organized that involve doing everything they, they they have they have it seems what it seems they've set up the situation where she's not going to be have an opportunity to essentially like be alone with him and have him be able to like take her over state lines again and like they have this kind of time period that they need to get to and then they're pressing legal charges and if that's the case they without a doubt consulted with a lawyer who's been able to like help them like come up with a plan to like do this and like start the process of that this stuff is so delicate, it can become like a domino situation that right now she's on the complete defense and like high alert of people who are knows that everybody's against her relationship and is on high alert with that. And I would assume her parents aren't holding her captive in her room. And like the reason why they have included you on this is because they want it to be they want it to be a little bit feeling more natural that you're all on the same team that you are essentially pulling puppet strings of her life to prevent this thing from happening because then you have a plan that happens afterwards. And I just think that like, while she is in the absolute thick of this, like there's not anything you can say to get to her, regardless of like how well you plan it out of like how much it comes from the heart. And the fact that like what you're going to say is like, again, we're coming operating from what Melissa said, like the sense that like this is incredibly dangerous, like you've been groomed and like this is like not like a healthy thing. And like he's so bad and all of that. That is all true. But if you like take it down to like a much smaller scale of like when someone is in a toxic relationship and you say all of that, it takes a long time before they understand what that means and they like actually believe that and you're on the defense it like and they can they talk about an abusive relationship the saying is it takes like seven times to leave and I don't think in this situation that this is much more dangerous in the timeline of this that like this right now I think is like I don't think that there's time to try and ease her into recognizing that she has been like groomed and then have her turn on her groomer within this small time period when there's already a different plan in place. But I think in order for you to feel comfortable with that, I think you need to have a much better understanding of what's happening and like have a conversation with her parents more along those lines, because I think right now what they've enlisted you to do is be the role of a friend. And I think that what you're doing is not a friendship thing. Like, you know, something that she doesn't and all of that. And so I think that like, you need to be like, okay, like, I know that I'm not the age of parents. And like, I know I'm only a couple years older than her. But like, we need to have a conversation like how you have with each other at night, like we like parents, like I need to know absolutely everything in all of this. Because like, right now, I'm having a really hard time not saying something to her about this relationship. And I don't feel confident in not saying something because I'm not completely privy to the entire plan. And then you can if you feel confident in that plan, and there's like, 
legal counsel who's like been involved. But I think that if they're having you be involved, I think right now you're carrying the burden of being involved and also not being 100% in the loop and having like input into the situation. So I think that that you're owed that and that's something that they need to give to you and having a conversation with them about that. Because also like, what about pursuing charges now? Like, what about that? Like, what about like you taking her out to a movie and then them putting charges? You know what I mean? Like there's like, I think that like right now, this is just like a way too of a high stress anxiety and situation for you to live in at the current state of it. Um, and I think the people, instead of talking to her, I think you need to talk to her parents and figure out what it is that you're comfortable doing and what it, the plan is. And if you think that's going to like work, because you can offer the insight of someone in a similar age range. But yeah, this is this is a lot. And it's also like if it doesn't work, if that's not on you. You know, what I mean? like it's not on like anyone except for him. And I think that's a really hard position to be in. Two, I don't think you have a responsibility, like you don't have to participate in this if this is something that you don't want to do, but only you can make that call. Absolutely horrendous situation. Would love some, like you said earlier, would love some clarification on this, but Mm -hmm. you're not wrong because this is an incredibly trash situation. I just don't think that the solution is talking to her right now. I think it could do more harm than good, but also depends on what you want to say and depends on like how the orchestrating of this has gone. Also, I I think that the parents probably mean I know they mean no harm towards you. And they're probably not thinking about your own mental health because they're thinking about their daughter's physical and mental safety right now. And they've probably been worried about this for a while and figuring out what to do. And this is probably the last straw that they were able to get to. Yeah, they just need to include you like a peer. And I think yeah. that's that's who you I think the conversation needs to be with. But oof. All right. We're going to take a break. Woo! Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us you are listeners in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time. And I just got my, I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, 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 a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function there, it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is 
delicious. Like it's it's so good. I've even like had it on like ice and been like I'm drinking like a drink drink. Like you can throw a little straw in there. Oh, and, and it's it's delicious. It's so good. And I just I love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes. But also if you're working out, if you're sweating hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time. All of that. Um, most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah, I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code Blame Me right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code blame me. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like 
this, I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got The Ministry of Time by Killian Bradley. And we also received The Return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like, people are calling it like, if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from Town and Country saying it's really innovative, fun storytelling. The Ministry of Time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must-read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said part time travel romance, part spy thriller, and 100% multifaceted joyride. (gasps) When I tell you that, I was like, sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black. And this one is about a missing girl who returns, but that isn't the end of the story. It's only beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm-hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. back from the break and uh, we're going to the rest of the email submissions. Hi, this year I started college at a large state school. I met some girls and became friends. One of the girls, Nicole, needed a roommate for next year. So did I. We signed a lease for next year. I went on spring break with this group, but they are much closer to Nicole than me. Nicole and I live in the same building. Everyone has a roommate and suite mates sharing one bathroom. During second semester, I started getting close to Nicole's suite mates, Kelly and Emma, who I met through her. Yesterday, Kelly was moving out and invited me to over to say goodbye. Nicole, our friends, and Nicole's brother, who's a junior in high school, was there. I met the brother many times. He's a typical high school boy, which I have a low tolerance for. I've never been the type to have guy friends. i just come from taking a final and I was mentally burnt out. Everyone but Kelly was drinking. The brother opened the door and blocked it with his body and tried to give me a hug. I gave him a look, said no, and moved his arm down so I could come to say goodbye to Kelly. I stayed for a bit, then left. I could tell Nicole seemed off, but I assumed she was also stressed because of finals. I found out from Emma this morning that Nicole is pissed because I disrespected her brother by pushing him. He's like 6'2". I couldn't push him if I tried. And for making a ew face. It's not the first time Nicole has gotten upset with me over something and talked about it to other people. But I'm mad because if I were her, I'd be more upset if one of my friends wanted to hug my brother. So am I wrong here? This is like making me grapple with like my own belief system because like I don't think that like you are owed like that you should physically touch men or like have any conversation with them or do anything with them that you like don't want to do and I also am like don't believe that you need to alter your reactions or like placate or like play nice in those kinds of situations where you like feel uncomfortable but at the same time like (laughs) Like, I don't want to negate any of that because that is my belief system. But maybe I'm just like reading this like wrong in a way that like, I don't know, like, do do you dislike him 
because like you dislike all high school boys like what is like when you're saying that like he's like a typical high school boy like was it creepy in the way that he was doing that or was it kind of just a oh like I'm not a hugger like I don't really like to hug people like I'm not a big hugger like I just wonder only you can know like the vibe and his intention and again I don't think you owe him anything but I I think it could be potentially understandable that his sister would think that that was like rude but I think blocking the doorway and not like I think that's rude. So like, I think her threshold is going to be like what she thinks was rude to her family. But I don't think your response was unwarranted for the situation at all. But I think that like she's just looking at you versus him, you know? Yes. I don't think that Nicole should be mad at you at all. She should be mad at her brother and teaching him since, you know, he's still a kid, I guess, teaching him that if somebody doesn't want to be touched, then you don't touch them and you don't try to force touch onto them. And so regardless, if you maybe you don't like him, it doesn't matter the reason as to why you didn't hug him. But if somebody doesn't want to be touched, you don't force yourself on them. I was when I was back home in Arkansas, I saw this man that I do not like. And regardless if I liked him or not, but I saw him at my, he was like in the, he wasn't there for my mom's graduation. I mean, he was there for the graduation, but he was not there like to see my mom or anything, but he was in like the hallway area. And I went up there and he was like, Hey, I haven't seen you in a long time. Come give me a hug. And I said, no. And then he said, you better come give me a hug. And I said, no again. And then I literally moved out the way and he still tried to hug me. And my dad saw it and he was like, and the only reason this man stopped is because my dad was like, don't touch her. Because if he's starting it now, just like it's going to continue. Yeah. And this is not like, I think there's like a way when like, I could understand as an isolated incident of being like, ew, to her brother and like being like gross, like blah, all of that. But like her being upset with you for that is like completely negating the fact that he opened the door, stood in the doorway as in like a, you need to hug me to pass thing, which regardless if like you're a quote unquote nice guy, whatever, like that is like a threatening and imposing thing to do. And like, Mm -hmm. it could be not intentionally threatening and imposing, but that doesn't mean it's not threatening and imposing. So like, It's one of those situations where, like, I think, sure, in a different instance, could I understand of her being like, oh, like, I think that, like, he should, he really shouldn't have done that at all. But, like, now I'm concerned that you, like, don't like my brother. Like, if that, if that's like a bigger conversation there that, like, you, like, the whole ew reaction you had to him, like, that kind of hurt my feelings as, like, a sibling. And, like, you're right. Like, this is something I'm going to talk to him about. But is there, like, something else there? Like, I could see how that could be a jumping off point for, a conversation but in order for that to happen like she would have to acknowledge like you have to acknowledge that what her, your her brother did put in you in an uncomfortable position that could have maybe brought to light the fact that you don't like him and then that could be something she could ask you about like that's i think a completely valid conversation but i don't think it's warranted for her to be like angry or upset with you and if she's going to be choose to be angry and upset with you that means that she's just looking she thinks everything that he's doing is like completely fine and also like regardless if he's like annoying or it was like he's just like a typical high school boy like regardless if there's like no malice behind this it's just like ignorance and immaturity or whatever like he has to learn that he is a six foot tall man and he cannot put his body in between a woman 
doing anything. Like he he can't do that. Like regardless of what your intentions are, like you need to learn that you are an imp- imp- you a you're a man and you're also a large imposing man. You need to know that even if you have all the greatest intentions in the world, you have to physically conduct yourself in a different way because that makes people not feel safe like that it's just like what it is like I've seen great I've seen wonderful TikToks of guys who are these like really tall big like buff white guys and they've said that like I make sure like if I'm like walking down the street and I see a woman like I will cross the street or I will be like I'm gonna let you pass or like we'll make sure they communicate in a way that they've asked their female friends to be like how can I make it clear to someone that I'm not a threat you know like the, the best of my ability because no matter what like you can't necessarily know if someone's like a threat, but like there's a way to hold yourself and conduct yourself as like a man that is not threatening. And this was an intention, this regardless if it was his intention to be threatening, like it isn't threat, it is threatening and it is imposing. And that was a teaching moment for him, not for her. But I also think that like the only other thing I would say is like you said at the end, like if I was her, I'd be more upset if one of my friends wanted to hug her brother. Like, sure, like I okay, like I think that's just like a personal thing we've said so many times on don't blame me like some brother sister relationships are weird and I just think that to me that sounds not from your end but I wonder if there's just a little bit more enabling going on in general but also he's not 18 so like your friends wanting to touch your because he's a junior in high school so like I think she's coming from that like if one of my friends wanted to hug him that would be weird Yes. Okay. That, yeah, no, that makes more sense. Yeah. And also like, I think the brother sister relationship dynamic here is just all skewed. Like he's 16. So he's a junior. He's drinking with them. Like 16 or 17. Yeah. yeah. So like, he's like also drinking underage with them. And then like, I think it's just a weird situation to kind of like be in. And it's always the man's responsibility to like make, you have the power to like make people feel safe, like, and, or unsafe. And like, you need to conduct that. But I also think that it's really important for like us as women who are like family members or whatever, like it's not our job to like completely mold and construct and teach people unless those people are our children to like educate Mm -hmm. them. But as a sibling or a family member, it is her responsibility and like her job that if she is going to invite her brother along that like a everybody is comfortable with the situation and that she is going to be constantly checking him in this situation and not enabling him and bringing like clearly like a terribly immature and like enabled seven, 16, 17 year old around a bunch of like college girls who are drinking. It does not seem like there's any course correction there with him at all. And I would assume that the reason why she's mad at you is probably because this isn't the first time that people have had this reaction towards her brother. So it's just like, it's not like he made a piece of art and you looked at it and was like, ew. No. <laughs> That would be disrespectful. This is not disrespectful. No. She disrespected you when she came to you. Yeah. I I just think that like, I don't know, like there's an instance in which like this could have made her feel some type of way, but like that's on her to process and deal with and then be like, hey, do you think maybe I have my blinders on when it comes to my brother? Like I saw that reaction of yours and my instinct was that like that kind of hurt my feelings. And now I'm like realizing like I should unpack that. Like, could we, could you talk to me about this? Like, is there something I'm not seeing? I mean, that takes maturity and self-reflection. And I don't think she has that. No, but that also part of me makes me think that like if your immediate reaction is to get defensive and be upset with like the other person, I, yeah, that it makes me think that it isn't the first instance where something like this has happened where she's felt the need to like defend her brother or she just hasn't done any of her own journey with 
sexism and like the patriarchy mm-hmm. and like everything like that, which is an immense privilege to be that ignorant. And that's not something that, again, as your f- friend, your responsibility is to like, tell her, but like, oof. Yeah. Yeah. I think you need to have some conversation with her. Yeah. But this isn't don't blame me. It's not. But th- there's your free advice. You need to have a conversation with her before you sign documents and always try and get out of a lease before you've actually moved in never assume it's going to get better always assume it will get worse so yeah that's my soapbox sounds like life experience to you (laughs) anyway (laughs) hi megan and melissa i would really appreciate if you gave me your thoughts on this situation i sent my boyfriend he him the other day, a video that Sierra posted on her Instagram account where she was promoting one of her songs. I sent it to him because the video featured a bunch of girls dancing on a Ford Bronco, which is the same car my boyfriend just got a few weeks ago. I just found it fun and it was the same car and wanted to show him that it was featured in a video of a celebrity. He responds to me saying, I've never understood why men like it when girls move their butts like that. <laughs> The girls in the vids were twerking. I got pretty mad at this and told him sarcastically that maybe they are not doing it for male gaze, to which he responded that he wasn't saying that, that it was just an opinion he had and was sharing with me. I told him that this is internalized misogyny when the first thing you think about when you see a video of hot girls twerking is that they are doing it for men or for anyone else but themselves and their own fun for that matter. He kept going on about how he hasn't offended anyone and how it's just his opinion. That it has nothing to do with what he thinks of women or the video itself. Am I wrong for getting upset? Please let me know. I feel like I might go crazy. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh... (laughs) I mean, I don't think you're wrong in what you're saying, but and I think that he's wrong for what he said about that. I don't understand why men like it when women do that, when it had that was nothing about that wasn't the situation at all. You were just sending him a video. There were girls twerking. Sure. But like you said, it had nothing to do with them trying to do anything for a man. And like, why did he did he think that you were sending him that video to be like, I thought you would enjoy like these asses yeah. bumping up. Like, what did he like? Do you know what I mean? Like, like did he, what did, do you normally send each other like like soft core porn kind of like like that kind of thing? Like I will one little quick note. He would not be experiencing internalized misogyny. Internalized misogyny. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just misogyny. And mm-hmm. I for heterosexual women who are dating like cis heterosexual men that can be a really hard term or thing to recognize that like you can like love your partner and you can love your boyfriend but like we live in a patriarchal society so like he will say some things and sometimes that are just misogynistic like that's just the point and like when we protect people from those labels that's not helping anyone Mm -hmm. and and you might be confused too the writer might be confused if you had been the one that said the comment then you would be Mm -hmm. experiencing internalized misogyny that would be you that would be like saying if he sent you the video yeah but like if you think about it in this term if it's like i can't experience internalized like racism because like Mm -hmm. i'm white do like so like i would just be 
being racist. Like I could, or right. you know what I mean? Like I, I could be microaggressive. I could do something that's racist. Like I could be racist, but I couldn't be in, I couldn't experience internalized racism. If that's right. a helpful comparison. <sighs> We're both just like sighing and huffing and then thinking of something. This isn't what I was going to say, but I hate when somebody says something that's just wrong. And then they're like, but that's my opinion. Okay. Anything you say that comes from you that isn't a fact is your opinion. But that doesn't mean that that comment is okay. That doesn't invalidate yeah. somebody else's feelings towards the comment. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's one of those things that's like, that's my opinion. I know. And the, uh, okay. And like, it's just, that's not like a catch all, like, whatever you can say, whatever you want. But I think that like his also statement, like, well, like he hasn't offended anyone. Like, no, he offended you. And I think he that offended like you and he offended me. Yeah, he offended me too. Like, and so I just Probably think that like Sierra and Sierra doesn't give a shit. No, she's like she's this this little Russell boy? Wilson. Yeah, he's like, okay. No, okay. <laughs> no, but like this is just one of those things that like I think that this is clearly the reaction of someone who has like never been called out on this kind of like stuff before. And I think that like it can be uncomfortable and hard to like call your partner out on something that you're like, hey, like that's not like that's not okay. Or yeah, just course correction and that sort of thing. And like, I think it's something that like will always happen. Like I correct myself. I correct Mots. Mots corrects me. This is just something that like we have to un unlearn. And I don't think you're wrong at all for like being offended. And I also don't think you're wrong at all. I don't think you're wrong at all for being upset. And I also don't think you're wrong at all in like how you like phrased things like I think that there's like a like a way that I now as someone who's older would go about these kinds of situations but it has to take two willing and active participants do you know what I mean so like mm -hmm. there's a different way that I would go about saying this and also Mots would never respond like that so like that is like how that kind of give and take goes but I just think he's this is just like goofy on his part like this is just like yeah. no one asked you like I'm so sorry did you think like did you think the entire and also like I do not know your boyfriend's race, but it is giving microaggression because like twerking is made predominant by the black community. <laughs> if you, we had a video, honestly, of that. that was the first thing that came to my to mind was he probably does like it, but he's racist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and also like it's a Sierra video. What is the uh, racial breakdown of the people in the video? Mm -hmm. Is this something like, what kind of music does he listen to? And yeah, it, it's just, it's giving like a multi uh, offensive on both sides of being like, this is a microaggression and this is feeling racist and misogynistic and like not everything is for you. And that is like the biggest culprit of people who think that are, Again, don't know your boyfriend's race, but like the biggest culprit of people who think that are white men, like men think everything is for them. White people think everything is for them. And then you have that intersection of white men who are like, oh, I don't like I don't know why people like this. This isn't for me. Like nobody asked you. This wasn't made for you. Sarah has no she has no fucking idea. Like you fucking exist, you plebe. But then also like why? Why? Unpack that. Like unpack why you don't like this. Like what is what kind of women and like what sort of things like do you find? like sexy like you know what I mean like that's just I they were all black just for ref just for reference I am not surprised I don't know I think that 
you can he can feel uncomfortable in like teaching learnable moments and be like, oh, I really didn't mean it that way. But like, who is he as a man to tell you that something that he said is not misogynistic? He's not. And I think more than anything, I think it's more racist more than anything. And he wishes like he fucking wishes like, I'm sorry, you mean to tell me also like lies like you're lying. Like you mean to tell me that like you see a bunch of like beautiful women shaking their fat fucking asses and you're just like, no, no, lies. Right. I do not believe you. Right. I, a straight woman, look at that and I go, that's on my vision board. Like I want I want to be that like lies, 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 racism and lies. All right. Now to, but are they wrong? AKA Rachel of the week. And this is where we pick someone that's in the headlines in pop culture, who's done something that we think is wrong and we nominate them. So who's yours? My Rachel of the week is Stan culture and specifically two, not fandoms, but standoms that I am taking issue with. Okay. The Doja Cat stands and the Harry Styles, or I guess it's not even Harry Styles. It's One Direction stands. And I am a Doja Cat fan. I'm also a Harry Styles fan. I'm also a One Direction fan. But stands, I think being a stan of anyone is so toxic because in order to be a stan versus like a fan, a stan is your love for this person and your obsession with this person in order to display that in the most accurate way, like you will hurt other people on behalf of a person who didn't ask you to do that. And also you will hold these the people to unrealistic standards and then also just not respect the people that you're actually like a fandom of. Like it's just like the most dehumanizing aspect of like a fandom. And like, I don't think those people are real or true fans at all. So basically Doja Cat had to get a tonsil surgery because she had an abscess on her tonsil and she was on antibiotics and ended up smoking and then had to get an emergency surgery to get it removed and to get your tonsils taken out as an adult. If you have never heard Lily Marston talk about it or Cami Crawford, it, I've been scarred hearing from both of them talk about how it's like the worst experience ever. Anyone who's gotten their tonsils taken out as an adult, it is like the most traumatizing scarring experience. And so, therefore, she um, had to pull out of, <laughs> I'm going to say this with a straight face, she had to pull out of opening for the weekend. And <laughs> we all know who the real opening act should have been. And, um, who the main attraction of this is, actually. We know who is doing who a massive favor. So she had to pull out, and naturally... Um, the vast majority of people who had bought tickets were going for her. And so that's not a statistic. That's just... That's your opinion. That's my opinion. So people were so mad at her on social media. There are lots of people who are like incredibly understanding. You can get refunds through like the ticket concert venues that you're doing. And I understand the disappointment. Like I've been in fandoms. Like I have stayed up like uh, refreshing to get tickets for something like I've done the like camping outside like I've I've been in the thick of that so like I understand disappointment but there's a difference in a disappointment with someone who like just doesn't care about performing a good show or is just like late for whatever reason but like I'm always going to give people and performers the benefit of the doubt in that situation because so many things are out of their control but this is like literally her health and people were so upset with her and then it turned into being like, just fucking stop smoking. Like, you're a piece of trash. Like, you can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And just the lack of 
information and knowledge of like addiction and then using weaponizing someone's own admitted addiction against them as like a you have personally hurt me and like you need to get your shit together and do better for me is like the most selfish take ever and like I can't even imagine how hard it is to have to go through that surgery to know that to like be very concerned like anytime you have to get any surgery done on your throat as like a singer like that's just it's really hard and then you put unrealistic expectations and standards on yourself and then to have a group of people who are doing that exact same thing who then claim to be like your biggest fans is just like such a fucking scum like shit thing to do and even people are like google says you should be fine after two weeks i'm like have you ever spoken to someone who got their tonsils out like who couldn't speak like for months and weren't back to normal and you want her to go perform a stadium tour like you're fucking kidding just like fuck off and like it just makes me really upset and i also really hate all the attention that they people put on making memes of her vaping and doing all of this stuff because she has like admitted that she's trying to quit and it is an addiction that she's not like she's not trying to glamorize she's like she's on tiktok she's smoking like if she's smoking her vape she's smoking it off camera like on and like bringing that to an award show and the people being like she's not a role model if she's doing this blah 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 like no it's an addiction and like that is something that like everybody is in the process of dealing with their own addictions how how they deal with them but i'm really done with people making these memes and glamorizing this and then weaponizing her own addiction against her when they were previously making memes that how cute and funny they thought it was, even though she has admitted this is something that she's trying to quit, that she's really struggling with. And yeah, it just makes me mad. And then the small little addition to that was Brittany Broski got to meet Harry Styles and the shit that people were saying. Like, I don't know her personally. Like, I also don't know Doja personally, but like, just like the the concept that you could be such a huge fan of someone to display that you hurt people in their lives. And like he met her, he wanted to meet her. Like that's great and exciting. But like if you have such a large obsession with someone that like I understand jealousy, like I will fucking log off. Like I mute people on Instagram who like I'm like, fuck, I really wish I was doing that. And like I can't look at that and have a healthy relationship with that. So like I'm going to mute that. Like that's the OK mature thing to do. But like, it just makes me so upset because people think that celebrities and people on social media don't see this kind of stuff and they do. And it just makes me like sad because I think the culture of stands, I think if artists were at the forefront and it wasn't so much management there, I think there'd be a lot more community policing and with that. Mm -hmm. But I think with how numbers need to be and like trending and all of this stuff, I, I don't think that the relationship between artists and their fans can be super genuine and healthy because everything's about numbers and algorithms and statistics and that stuff and that it, it just breeds like a really toxic place that inevitably will end up hurting both the artists and the fans like eventually like because it's say like you're the biggest Harry Styles fan or you're the biggest One Direction fan whatever and then you get to meet Harry Styles and you've previously hated on her for doing all of this stuff. And then people will then hate you. And then you've been burned by the same fandom that like left lifted you up. Like, I think it's similar to like trolling in general. Like it, it hurts everybody who becomes like a part of that toxic side of it. And yeah. And it just like makes me makes me upset because there's already so many pressures in the industry that we should be happy for people and prioritizing people's health. I think a lot of people forget where even the word Stan comes from or don't even know. And it's from a Eminem song where an, a, a fan that's, obs 
You didn't even know this? I knew it was Stalker fan, but I didn't know it came from Eminem. Yeah, so he had a song called Stan about a fan that thinks that he's getting overlooked by Eminem. You should listen to the song and watch the video because the way that it's done, it's pretty brilliant. But a fan that was obsessive with him and thought that Eminem was like, it's not a true story, but it's based on a true story that then Eminem dramatized more. A mm-hmm. fan that kept thinking that he was being overlooked by Eminem. And she's like, I saw you at a concert and you didn't say hi to me. But like Eminem was like on the way to say hi. But then his security came and got him or like things, it's small things like that. And then he's like, I've been writing you letters, Eminem. You haven't been responding. But like when Eminem sits down to actually respond to his letter, he heard about one of his fans that drove off of a cliff and this was actually the fan. And so that's where the term comes from. And it's about a toxic, somebody that's being toxic and people just overlook that part. And there's like toxicity in fandoms in general, but like, I think it's entirely possible to become a fan of someone without becoming a stan. But it's really hard to be in a fandom of someone. Like I've had conversations with this, a bunch of people who are also big Taylor Swift fans, but they're like, I can't call myself. I mean, like, especially like these black women are like, I can't call myself a Swifty because like the people who like rule these fandoms and these communities like are so toxic. Like that it's like, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll be racist against anyone just to like make a point that doesn't make who, their fave look better. Like all of this stuff is just like, it's really hard. And I think they've made it because there's been no community kind of policing on behalf of artists, which my th- thought process is I do think it's mostly labels and shit that get in the way. And also because like, it's just, unless there's like a precedent set with like a fandom, like really early on, like it's hard to kind of control something if you haven't been a part of the narrative, if they've just been doing their Mm -hmm. own thing for so long. Um, But I think Doja is like really actively fighting against that. And I think that like, to be fair, most of the, a lot of the time, like it's falls on like black women who will police their audience more than like white women who will be like, yeah, like I'm just I'm just going to ignore it because I get hate. And so I'm not going to be a part of it. But like, yes, I get that. But like, I think you can monitor and cultivate a community in a way that's not oppressive and in a way that helps everybody. And like, I think about that constantly with our Facebook group and like with just like our Mm -hmm. audience in general and the podcast here, like we work really hard at that. And it's not an impossible thing to do. And if you do that early on and you start that early on, then you have people who are involved who then carry that on and continue to do that. And like there is a standard and expectation for the people who are there. But I think that that's something that gets lapsed over when labels just want people talking about you, whether it's good or bad. And there's no filtering system or protection from seeing like death threats and hate messages. So like you log off and you don't pay attention to that. And then you don't see that those things are not only happening to you, they're happening to like within your fandom, like under the guise of like, they're doing this for this person because I love them so much. And it's just like, if you can look at a relationship that you have with like a celebrity, a musical artist or anything, look at the list in your head of what you would not defend them for. And if that list is like things that are murder, like all these other things, like if you have like questions and you think that you're like, well, no, they would never do that. Like reframe like the parasocial relationships that like you have with these like very real people because they see them like that was like made abundantly clear by the shit that Doja was having to deal with like she saw those mess those like responses and shit and don't be don't be one of those people they're also it's gonna ruin the artist for you because like eventually it's gonna bite you in the ass and then you're gonna lose out on something like that yeah (sighs) that's mine all right mine is a little more lighthearted. 
as many of you know, the thing that television thing that I love the second most is Real Housewives. And this week or last week at this point, Ramona Singer released one of the other. She's a real house, a housewife from New York and then Real Housewife of New Jersey. Teresa Judice is getting married. And so she sent out her invitations and Ramona put up. Ramona is a Karen to begin with and like is always partying down with Trump and at Mar-a-Lago or whatever. So I'm not a fan of her, but she's an OG. She's there. You deal with her. So she posted the wedding invitation saying, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited to go. But it had the date, the time, the location and also the website for the wedding where you go to RSVP. And so all that information was out in the public. Also, people were taking the invitation, the website link, and then checking to see who else was invited to the wedding and getting their personal information. And then someone happened to be (laughs) out and about in New Jersey while this was happening, a fan of Real Housewives. And she's on, as you'll know, all over Reddit. She's on the Real Housewives Reddit. And she was like, this was before a lot of people knew what was happening. She was like, ha ha, I just saw Teresa out at the mall and she looked real stressed and posted a picture of Teresa like on the phone looking like stressed as fuck and it was because this had just happened. Wow. And was Ramona remorseful? Did it take her a while to take it, to even take it down? Uh, (laughs) Did she post an apology? No, not at all. In fact, a few minutes after she had posted and it had gone viral, she was on her Instagram dancing just like her best friend Trump dances at his stupid rallies <laughs> with no word about this. Is this like in character? Yes. Very much yeah. something she would do. I don't think she realized it because she's also like she doesn't really understand technology a lot. And I don't yeah. think she realized when she posted she was posting all this information. She was just posting like can't wait mm-hmm. to go to your wedding. But again, not remorseful, didn't take it down for a long time when people were saying that it was a... Why'd she invite her? They're both like housewives OGs. Not the same city? Not in the same city, but New York and New Jersey are right there together. And all the OGs have like a respect for each other. And so it was a mess. Have to get more security? Yeah, it was a hot day on Reddit that day. (sighs) That's funny. Do you know that I've met Ramona? I know. I actually, uh, I've met mentally, I meant to start this by... (laughs) Oh, with my close oh, personal say- friend, Ramona. <laughs> <laughs> with saying that, you know, your friend that you ran into in New York that was really fragile, frazzled and asking you where someplace was. It was the fun. If anyone hasn't heard this story, I was in New York. I was like, I had just gone something from like work or something or like I went with Mott's or something. But he was like going to a work thing. But whatever it was, like I literally just come from the airport. I'm in a taxi or an Uber taxi, whatever. And I've got my big fucking fat suitcase. and I'm getting out and I'm meeting like my best friend Kyle at the corner, this corner. And he's going to like walk me up uh, to like where we're going. And I like get out with my fucking suitcase. And Ramona Zinger just like stops me. And is like, do you do you know where Gramercy Place is? And I was like, oh yeah, uh, it, it's over there. Which like just killed me. Like just like laughing so hard. And then Kyle's coming at the exact same time, and she like walks that way. And then he and I like round the corner and look at each other. And he goes, 
was that? And I go, I think that was that lady Ramona from Real Housewives. And he was dying. He goes, I'm so sorry. She asked you, a woman getting out of a taxi with a suitcase the size of her, directions to a place within New York City. <laughs> that she's lived at for years. And he was like, what is she on? I go, I don't know, but she was frazzled. Like, frazzled, frazzled. That's how she always is. It was so frantic. Like, it was, like, the most, like, hectic thing I've... And I was like, whoa. I mean, they have this thing called Ramona eyes that she... Her eyes, like, when she's just doing something, her eyes just bug out, like, really big. And then also, Bethany Frankel coined this phrase, the Ramona coaster, because you never know, like, (laughs) what dips and things are coming and going. And so then Ramona named her book The Ramona Coaster, of course, and gave Bethany no credit for it. That's just the kind of person yeah, she that's is. that's not necessarily a compliment. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's funny. There's also a couple of other Real Housewives who I used to see in like Soul Cycle who were like, girl, you're doing so good. And then I was like, oh. and then Kyle afterwards, like, do you know who they are? And I was like, I have no clue. <laughs> I was like, was one of them related to Paris Hilton? Because like, that's the only thing I know. <laughs> Kyle in Beverly Hills or... Kim. Kim's on there sometimes, too. Now her mom's on there, too. Paris oh. Mom. Kathy. Huh? Little Kathy. Their mom's Little. a big Kathy. <laughs> oh. <okay. laughs> that, oh, Little Debbie is the snack cake. I was like, why? Little yes. Kathy has that same ring to it, though. Like, mm-hmm. a little Kathy. Because Kathy and Debbie are, like, cut from the same cloth. The same name. Yeah, they're the, they're the same name. Susan, <laughs> Debbie, yeah. Kathy. A little Susan. Susie, Debbie, Kathy. Susie, Debbie, Kathy. Then you, right, because then you've got Susan, Deborah. Oh, you're right. Catherine. Catherine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that is our episode. We hope you all enjoyed. Uh, if you want to vote, head on over to our Instagram. It is always linked in the show notes. So you can vote for who you think was wrong um, on this episode. And as always, we ask uh, that you comment and let us know who your vote of the week is. But what else can you comment on our Instagram? What is like an old name or like a not so current popular name that you would like to have like a resurgence of? Like what would, would like what are you going to bring back? Are you going to bring back the little Susie? Going to bring back mm-hmm. little That's Debbie? my great grandmother's name. Maybe I'll bring it back. Susie? Mm-hmm. Are you going to break the tradition of A names? Could be a middle name. Mm. Allison Susie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anything else? Mm, That's it. Last thing I'll say is if you want us to talk about anything on this podcast, you want us to nominate someone for the Rachel of the week, uh, or if there's something that you'd love to hear us dive into on a hot take or a lukewarm take, send us a message on Instagram, DM it to us, or you can also, it's like on TikTok, you can tag us in that. That's always helpful. Yeah. That's it. We will circle back next week. Well, before I say goodbye, I would like to read a review. (gasps) We got a new review? We got a new review. This is uh, from Sarah Fern. Ethical and fun. As a fan of Don't Blame Me, I super enjoy having a second hour of Eminem every week. Since I only discovered them recently, it's been fun to watch this new show grow. Thank you. Thanks. What a perfect, short, sweet, succinct review. No, I agree. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the end. We will circle back next week. Goodbye. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.